Welcome to the Proud Police Wife Podcast with Rebecca Lynn, where we have honest, real, and encouraging conversations for law enforcement families. Welcome to episode 25 of the Proud Police Wife Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Lynn, and today we are discussing ways to keep the connection and fire going with your spouse when they work shift work. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Pictures on Gold. Pictures on Gold offers personalized police and firefighter jewelry like badge necklaces, earrings, and more. Use the link in the description to shop and use code PROUDPOLICEWIFE for $10 off. So I think we can all agree that it takes work, actual work, to keep the connection going and keep that connection alive in our relationships, in our marriage. And what was once probably was super easy when you were dating or when you first got married, maybe isn't always the same or as quite as easy anymore because life happens. You get immersed in your jobs, you have kids, more household duties, you grow older and you just kind of get used to the mundane, right? We get used to those everyday tasks. And when things are kind of just in a good spot, maybe we're not working quite as hard to um, keep that fire burning with our spouse. And it's no secret that first responder marriages are faced with more challenges compared to other couples. And I've talked about that before, whether it's on Instagram, on the blog, or with some past guests um, here on the podcast, like Taya Kyle and Susan Simmons. If you haven't checked out those episodes with them, they're pretty recent. Be sure to do that because we do talk about these challenges that more law enforcement and first responder families and couples experience. And not many people understand that. And a lot of times those suggestions out there from you know, experts on ways to keep the connection going, first responder couples can't do. We can't go to bed with each other every single night and have like a nighttime routine, or we can't have breakfast together every single day. Um, We can't take a walk after dinner or little things like that because we're not always together with the same schedule. So a lot of the tips out there just don't work. So I'm going to share today tips that no matter what your schedule is, um, even if your ship's in the night, things that you can do to keep your connection going. And I know personally, I was pretty used to being with my husband regularly when um, before he got into the thick of law enforcement, like we are high school sweethearts. So we went through, you know, high school and then college And, um, you know, those few years after college, and we were pretty much on similar schedules and we saw each other regularly for years. And that quickly changed when he went into the police academy and then went into field training and quickly started night shift. And he was on night shift for many, many years. And it was just an abrupt change for me. Definitely for us, but me too. I just kind of felt like a fish out of water. I wasn't sure how to navigate this. And ultimately it became the catalyst for why I started Proud Police Wife, why I started the blog, because there weren't resources out there that 
were positive um, or actual support that gave actual tips on how to navigate this, which is why I kind of started this in the first place was to give that to everybody because that was lacking for me and for many other spouses out there. But my husband and I, again, we were young, we were out of college, we were in love, we were just starting our life. And then we had these pretty sudden changes when he started law enforcement to our schedule and the time that we had together and our routines um, and the dynamic of our relationship changed. What was once easy wasn't quite as easy anymore. And we had to find new ways to be intentional with our time. And we had to find new ways to keep that connection alive. And we had to work at it. And I know that you can probably relate that it doesn't just come easily, especially when you have little kids in the mix. Um, just those early years, we worked opposite shifts. Um, I was working daytime as a teacher and he was working night shift and, or evening into night, like he would, you know, so many nights stay much later. And we saw one another much less than before. And, um, because of this, I couldn't help, but feel a little bit disconnected and lonely. Lonely was a big one. Um, and it wasn't, I wasn't lonely at any fault of his own. It was just, I needed to learn to kind of manage my time differently. I needed to learn to have kind of changed my mindset a little bit that, um, I hadn't need to find like new hobbies, right? Like a lot of the things we did together. Yes, I did things on my own too before his schedule was like this, but I just had so much free time on my hands or so much alone time when he wasn't working and, or when he, excuse me, when he was working. And so it just forced me to have to look at that time a lot differently and it took work to figure out why we felt dis disconnected, why things just felt harder, and what we could both actively do to keep that fire going. We weren't in a bad spot, um, but we also knew that what was once easy wasn't as easy anymore. And for us, mostly it was due to his schedule and lack of time together. Now, I know there can be other circumstances in life that can make you feel disconnected and you can have many things going on at, at once. But here's the thing, regardless of what the reason is, we aren't alone in these struggles. Any couple, first responder or not, deals with rough patches where we have to work to keep that fire burning. Um, my friend, very good friend and fellow first responder, counselor and founder of Code for Couples, Cindy Doyle, always says you want to keep your relationship on a sizzle. And I love that. And I've never forgotten that phrase when she's mentioned that before, because maybe things aren't always burning hot all the time and that's okay. But if you're working daily to keep things sizzling, then you not, you're not going to feel that impact quite as much on those days apart because you're working in between the little nooks and crannies of your life to try to keep things going. And it doesn't have to be hard. It's just little things to stay connected. And I'm going to go through five ways to do that in just a little bit. But first re responder couples deal with this disconnection, maybe even loneliness regularly in their relationship. And I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, I just really don't. I think people think, well, yep, that's what you signed up for. Or 
um, you know, everybody deals with that. You're not unique. But the fact of the matter is, is that while anybody can deal with this in the relationship, we can't solve it the same way as everybody else. Other people may be able to, like I said earlier, you know, go to bed at the same time, or have dinner together and talk about their day. We can't do those things regularly, maybe one or two days out of the week, but not seven, not six. And that's, that's the big difference. And a lot of times also these things are happening because of something called spillover, spillover from the job. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's when one area of your life spills into another, but it leaves an impact. So a lot of what this lifestyle with law enforcement does is it can bleed into our life. And it's not just the schedules that contribute to this. It could be the time apart, the tiredness, the hard calls, or the heaviness of the job. Um, Our spouse is being exposed to trauma regularly on the job. And the impact that these things have can then have an impact on your relationship. And there's something called like secondary trauma where your spouse may be going through trauma, but as, um, you know, a spouse that is married to someone in law enforcement, we may have trauma from what they experience as well. Not everybody does. I'm not saying you're definitely going to have that at all, but it is something that um, spouses do deal with at times. Um, and while, um, you know, disconnect and loneliness is normal, or should I say happens to a lot of relationships, it doesn't mean your relationship has to struggle. Instead, recognizing what is happening, that you see the disconnect, you see the loneliness, you see the spillover, and the impact it has on your relationship or your family, you can really minimize it. Um, And you can really make a difference and be intentional with your spouse. So first, real quick, I'm going to talk about some reasons we may be disconnected or feel like that fire has burned out a little bit from our spouse. And that can just be stress. Again, opposite schedules, lack of time together, lack of communication, lack of intimacy. And intimacy does not always mean sex. It's just not having that, maybe that physical touch or that personal connection. If you're not taking the time to maybe hold hands or snuggle up next to each other and watch a movie, if you're lacking those things, then um, intimacy altogether is going to be a struggle. Maybe you have lack of support from friends or family, um, struggles with a connection in your marriage. Um, Maybe you are, you or your partner are not making the time to be intentional with the time that you have. Maybe you're so focused on work and pets and kids and appointments and things like that, that you're not putting your relationship and what it needs higher. And so all these other things are um, taking priority and it can push your relationship and the importance of connection lower on the totem pole. So those are just some reasons for disconnect or loneliness um, in your relationship. As a result, you or your partner may both really grow to resent one another. Um, Again, you may feel alone, not just physically, but emotionally. 
You might even put up some emotional armor where you don't share things like you used to. But we want to really just today recognize like, hey, um, I see some of this happening in my relationship, or maybe you don't, and that's great, but at least you are recognizing when these things can happen so that you can come back with some tools. So you can do some things that will help your relationship to keep it on that sizzle and you can keep that fire and connection going. So let's do, um, let's go over five ways to keep that connection and fire going in your relationship. So first things first is you want to create a ritual and it may sound like a chore, but it's really not. A lot of times we have a ritual and we don't even realize it. Little things like for my husband and I, when um, we're in a public place and we want to say like, I love you or, you know, Hey, thanks for that. Maybe we're with other people and um, we want to show connection in some way. We will hold, we hold hands and we will squeeze each other's hand three times. And the three times mean, I love you. And that's just something we've always done for years. And so it's just one thing that for us really keeps that, you know, connection going. It's nice to have that physical reminder, which is also an emotional reminder that your spouse is just present. Um, but you can have other little things too, that are rituals in your everyday life. And maybe you don't even realize you have them, but it's that routine or consistent activity that you and your spouse can do that can help you build in time together. Um, I know my friend Cindy always talks about porch time. Her and her husband will go out on the porch together and just drink coffee. That's something my husband and I have started doing as well. Um, you know, since we moved out into the country, well, sometimes when the kids are in bed, especially over the summer, when it was still a little daylight out, like we'd watch the sun go down on the front porch and just talk, or we'd go out on the deck and just drink our coffee for a few minutes. And it's one that, um, feeling of just being together. And that goes with intimacy of just being physically together and slowing down. We're not talking about heavy topics. We're not fighting. We're not talking about bills or money. We're not talking about the kids. We're just enjoying each other's presence and what's around us. Um, but whatever it is, create a, a ritual with your spouse and it doesn't have to be like an hour long thing. It could be five or 10 minutes of something that you and your spouse enjoy to do together, to connect and protect that time. So it can happen routinely. Um, there have been many times where like we're putting kids to bed and my husband will say, you know, I'm out on the porch and I know what that means. And I many times could have probably fallen asleep while I'm putting my daughter to bed. However. I get up and even when I'm tired and go sit out there with him. And I, I am always glad that I do. And it's a time that I cherish and it's just nice to have those slow moments. And so it's really important to create a ritual with your spouse where you can emotionally connect and put your phones away. Try to minimize as many distractions as you can. 
Next is checking in with your spouse regularly. This is different than creating a ritual. Ritual is like actually physically doing something with your spouse. Um, and a check-in is just a five minute. It can be five, 10 minutes where you touch base with your spouse about your day. And again, you're not going to talk about heavy topics like bills or anything frustrating. We're not picking fights or opening old wounds or anything like that. You're just going to try to talk about, um, you know, positives. You're not going to talk about mundane tasks, like who walked the dog and things like that. You want to share things that, um, are going to connect with your spouse. So again, I said, share positives. It doesn't always have to be a positive. It can just be, Hey, I have a really stressful day at work today. I'm a little nervous and I just want to be with you for a few minutes, or I just want to talk about it for a few minutes. And it's your spouse is just going to listen. You're just sharing about how you feel. And maybe your spouse says, Hey, I had a really rough night at work. Um, I'm really tired. I kind of need to catch up on extra sleep today. In doing that, yes, you can share frustrations, but this is also a time where maybe you can share a positive, like, Hey, thank you so much for throwing that load of laundry in for me. Your spouse didn't ask you to do it, but maybe they did something and you want to just say thank you because you notice. And this is a time to just connect. And while you may be leaving for work and your spouse may be just getting home, you are finding time to um, connect with one another and you know what your spouse is going through. So you know that maybe if your spouse was really tired or had a really rough night, maybe they had a really rough call that coming home on your way home from work, maybe you want to pick up some takeout to make life a little bit easier. Your spouse doesn't have to um, cook dinner and you guys just can have a night to relax a little bit. Um, something where you are showing that you're listening and your spouse is listening. Maybe you want to send a few text messages during the day. Hey, like on your lunch break, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Um, I hope you're getting some rest or, you know, things like that, but you're checking in and again, five, 10 minutes. So then that way, when you do have time off together, it doesn't feel like you just missed four days of each other's life and you have to catch up on four days worth of information. Now you each day fill each other in so that it's not this huge time gap. You're just picking up where you left off from the previous day. You're not picking up from like the beginning of the week because that can be really, really challenging. Next is taking ownership with one another. So if you are, you recognize that uh, maybe you are being a little disconnected or you're grumpy or um, you're, you're distant or um, you haven't been checking in with each other, then take ownership. It doesn't have to be, well, this person should do it first and it's not a competition. Um, but maybe you make the first move or your spouse makes the first move. Honestly, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend you have your spouse listen to this with you because obviously we don't want it to be a one-way street, but if you're going through a tough time or you realize that you weren't as intentional with your time, message your spouse and say, Hey, I have been a little grumpy the past few days. I'm really sorry about that. When we get home, I would love to just have some time together. 
or say it to your spouse in person. Just take ownership. It doesn't have to be waiting for the first person to make the move and say something because that's only going to build more resentment and more disconnect and more loneliness. Next is we have to be really clear on telling our spouse what we need or don't need. Um, They're not mind readers. Waiting, like ladies waiting around for your spouse to say like, hey, do you need me to do the dishes or what do you need me to do with the kids? And our minds are not wired the same way as theirs. Are they capable of asking those things? Yes. But unless every person is different. So some spouses may appreciate that. Some spouses may not. And so we need to be honest with them and they need to be honest with us. But no one is a mind reader. We need to let our spouse know what we want or what we don't want. So it takes the guesswork out of things. It makes communication so much easier. If we say, hey, um, I'm feeling a little crazy right now with you know, the kids' school and sports and work and home chores. Um, you know, instead of going to the gym today, would you be able to do X, Y, and Z? It would really help me out. Um, or just saying, hey, maybe your spouse says, you know, I'm really tired. I need to catch up on some extra sleep. You know, can I do these few things around the house to take the burden off your plate so that I can get some extra sleep and you don't feel like I'm adding more? Maybe because maybe, you know, they're not doing a, a chore or that chore has to wait till later. Just communicating and realizing that a lot of times in first responder relationships, most of the time is the situations are going to be hard on both of us. Your spouse is going to traumatic calls or experiences, and that's hard. You might be at home with kids, or you might be working and taking care of kids and taking care of the house. And hopefully house duties are shared amongst you. But when they're working, sometimes a lot of that falls on the spouse that's not the officer. That's also hard. And it doesn't need to be that one person's life or one person's job and responsibilities are harder than each other's. You can recognize that they're both hard and that you both need um, some help and you both need to be in each other's corner. That was a huge thing for my husband and I. Early on, like when we had, the kids were really, really little and babies, um, I remember saying like, I've been up with this, you know, screaming baby all night long. I haven't showered. The dog pooped on the floor, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he'd say, you know, well, I dealt with this, this, and this at work. And so then we finally realized like, okay, it's not a competition. You, you're allowed to have a hard night and I'm allowed to have a hard night. What can we do to help each other out? Or we're both tired. What can we do to make this work? Because ultimately this is a partnership and you want to work together. Okay. Last but not least, number five is share the positives and appreciations with your spouse. And I briefly talked about this um, earlier, but if your spouse does something that you appreciate, tell them. If again, hopefully your spouse is doing this too, but they need to feel appreciated. And so do you. Um, If you see that your spouse, you know, did the laundry or washed the sheets, do they need a cookie? No, that's not the point. 
The point is that if they maybe recognize that you have a lot going on and they did something extra to try to minimize what you have to do, or maybe it's a chore you normally do, or they did a few things around the house extra to take those things off your plate, recognizing that they did those things maybe to help you out, um, just say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you did this. It's less work for me. Um, when they know that you have gratitude for something that they did, they are more inclined to do it again. When I say to my husband, like, you know, and it's not all the time, I'm not making a long list. Thank you so much for doing X, Y, and Z. No, it's just once in a while when I notice that he did went out of his way to do something, then I, I share that with him and I say, Hey, thank you so much for doing that. I was getting ready to do that. And that just saved me some time. They're more inclined to do it again. And most of the time, they're more inclined to now see the appreciations that you are doing for them. And they're going to reciprocate. They're going to say like, oh, hey, thank you so much for, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, yesterday. Um, I know that you were really busy and fitting that into your schedule was really helpful. So trying to share those appreciations with one another. So I hope those five tips help you. Again, I'm going to say them quickly again, creating a ritual, daily check-ins, five or 10 minutes, taking ownership, telling your spouse what you need, and sharing appreciations with one another. Those five things can truly, truly help to keep that connection going because you're talking regularly and you're communicating regularly. And those things, they don't have to take a long time. Not all of them have to be every single day, um, except daily check-ins. And as long as you're doing them regularly, they are going to help minimize that disconnect and that loneliness. But all in all, please remember that if you're experiencing this, you are not alone. Plenty of couples, especially first responder couples, are dealing with these struggles. And it, we're all at different seasons of life. It could just be because if you're new to the law enforcement lifestyle and it's an adjustment. Could be maybe you're trying to fit kids into the mix now. Maybe your spouse's schedule changed. So many different things can be happening. Um, we're also coming out of a really hard time where our spouses during, um, you know, 2020, 2021, worked a lot of overtime, dealt with protests and riots. All of these things contribute to that. So I really hope that these five ways can help you to keep that fire burning. Um, but being intentional, bottom line, being intentional with how you interact with your spouse and how often you interact with your spouse will help that connection to keep that connection going, even when time is not on your side. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you like today's episode or past episodes, be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, for further support, be sure to grab my newest book, Proud Policewife, 90 Devotions for Women Behind the Badge, anywhere books are sold. I talk about experiences from my life, my marriage and relationship as a first responder spouse that I haven't shared anywhere else. Plus, I give action tips, steps on what you can do if you're experiencing those things, what you can do as well. So definitely check that out. And thank you for tuning in. 